my friends, it's so wonderful to be with you again. We have been meeting like this for almost 10 years, sitting on this virtual bench together, visiting. I try to soothe your heart a bit or keep you company. Just be a friend. And I don't know if I've succeeded all this time, but I'll tell you what, it's a wonderful setup for me because I get to help you without having to hear your problems. That can really damage a relationship. If we were sitting on this bench together, you might be compelled to tell me every little minutia of the things that are oppressing you or causing you real pain. And I understand that. But wouldn't it be nice if you just had a break where you didn't have to go through all that and you could just sit there and I'll do all the talking. And I promise not to talk about my problems. It's like you go to therapy and you, you go to say your stuff. Say, oh, I'm all, I have a litany of sadness. And the doctor says, I don't mean to interrupt and I'm going to let you finish. But I have to tell you about this wonderful new product I've discovered. It's a type of cheese. And I've discovered it when I went to uh, one of those historic recreation villages, and it's made from butterfly milk. So I don't know, something like that, and that helps you. Now, does it? Sometimes it does, and sometimes it does not. I find that the entire world, or at least biology, works on variation, on chance, throwing something out there, seeing what sticks. That's the way evolution works. I won't explain it, but it is. So what I do is I try to roll the dice. Now, does that work every time? No. But over the course of 10 years, my grandmother used to rub Vicks Vapor Rub on my chest when I had a cold. Does this do anything? I assure you, it does not. Well, I mean, it doesn't do anything uh, demonstrable. You can't um, do a study where they rub Vicks Vapor Rub on your chest if you have a cold and it cures you or maybe even alleviates your symptoms. I don't know. It's aromatic, so I could see, like, I, I think I'm breathing better because now I can smell the air. But my grandmother was convinced that this actually was absorbed into the lungs through the chest and that you would you would send this sort of, like, spicy stuff I think for the Irish it's like oh mint it's, it burns and uh, the spicy stuff into your chest and it would wash out all the virus or whatever's in there now my grandmother was a very nurturing caring person and she took very good care of me over time but if you were to look just at one point during that you'd think is she though I have her diaries, and I can see every time I was sick, and for some reason I had an awful lot of fevers. I mean, for weeks at a time, I'd have a fever in the hundreds of, like, you know, as hard as 103 fever today. I think, oh, I must have been hallucinating, and I do remember hallucinating a lot. And I remember being, I thought it only happened a couple times, but according to my grandmother's diaries this was a regular thing i was constantly being plunged in ice baths to reduce this fever now, i don't know if that helped 
But what I'm saying is my grandmother took good care of me over time. It's a long game. The artist Jim Roach in Tallahassee once said there's two types of art. There's high impact, short duration, and low impact, long duration. And then every other permutation between there, I imagine. I don't know if he said that. I don't even remember. But it's, it struck me. It also stuck with me. It's, I call that striking with me. It struck with me. And we, we struck out together, that idea and I. I mean, struck out like on our trip. <clears throat> Not like baseball. And I thought about that, and I thought some things have a low impact initially, but their duration is long, like imperfect love. And sometimes that's better, right? You know, you've had uh, uh, love itself is like that. Some of it's high impact, short duration. Oh, love affairs. Oh, this love feels so intense. Oh, my goodness. I am so in love with, um, what's, who? Uh, his name is Glass. I don't know. George Glass. I don't know who I'm in love with. No, I'm just imagining, this is imaginary. And then that last, not, doesn't last long. And then there's like your, uh, your friend, um, Dufo. And what uh, Dufo is often embarrassing, but always there. Who helps you move? Dufo. Who comes over when your basement is flooded with human waste because the, it got clogged, the sewer line got clogged in the yard because the Orangeburg collapsed. And by collapsed, I mean it gets a bubble. Why? Because it's pressed tar paper. And eventually that's going to uh, swell up, and then the sewerage can't get through it. I say it like that because I have lots of Midwestern listeners, and I don't want them to misunderstand what I'm talking about. All the, all the, everything that goes down your toilet—it's not always poop. Sometimes it's, um, a lot of times it's drinks that are too sweet. Like, why did I get this red soda? And I'll put that down there. Always flush, or you'll be scared. And the next time you go, oh no, what happened? And there it's chair wine or something. It's not blood coming from your privates. So this long duration love is something that I aim to provide. And you know, restaurants are like that too. Do you have a little uh, restaurant or bistro or club or bar in your town? And it's not, it's not great, but it's been open for 20 years. It's reliable. Sometimes that's better. <gasps> Occasionally, another restaurant will open up. Spectaculos. Oh, in the 80s, oh, Spectaculos or McSpectaculos or something like that. Chicken-O, Chicken-O beers or I don't know. They had really fun. But see, they were out-of-town franchises and they didn't always, uh, you know, they didn't always care or something. But then your mom-and-pop place literally, is your mother and father. And everybody feels obligated and a certain sense of guilt to go there. And that's fine. That kind of long love has got all sorts of nonsense mixed into it. 
Look at you look at athletes that do long endurance things versus short things. They just look different. And one's not better than the other, I don't think. I think they're gradations of experience. I haven't been, and it's also relative, isn't it? Say, so how long have you been on radio in this on uh, this station right here, WFMU, that you love? And oh my gosh, it's like it's like a it's like a family. In that, I don't even know half of them. But uh, it's been ten years. How about that? Oh, some of them though are like family, and I love them. It's but it's complicated and all that kind of stuff too. And uh, but it should be all different and messed up in variation. Sameness is death. Because if you were going to, like, encounter the environment, which is changing all the time, and you don't have variation, forget it. Some of the best movies, I think, um, that tell you about how evolution works are those movies like, you know, I'm assembling this group of 12 people with, like, Mission Possible or cowboy movies where... They've all got different characteristics. You, you're the explosive. Great escape, maybe. <coughs> Everybody has a different from each according to his profession or hobby. That'd be great. And we need everybody. Couldn't you imagine? You might be in a situation where you say, who can tie a fly? And you're going to meet like a zipper? You go, no, like we're fly fishing. Oh, no, not me. So, anyway, who knows? What they'll need from you. You could be, gosh, that'd be something. You're in a prison camp and you're all digging out. And they say, who has any experience with decoupage? Decoupage and particularly the uh, brand name Mod Podge. Who has worked with that product? You say, oh, I have. I have a craft. So you have different kinds of crafters here. And we got a good, we have one uh, person who's just, they know their glue guns. Um, it's scary. They have a bandolera with glue sticks and everything. Ready to go. I bet that's somebody. I've seen that somewhere, I bet. And I'm just regurgitating that. Isn't that a lot of what communication is? Just, uh, it's, it's going out there and eating all sorts of random facts and coming home and puking it into your babies, into the nest. Just like a mama, a mama eagle, or your own mother. Who knows if you had to chew your food for? Have you had to do that? You could do that though, if you want. People buy baby food, and they go, "Oh no, I'll just take some peas. I'll chew them up. I won't swallow them." And you go, "Ooh," and you spit them into the baby's mouth. May I remind you where the baby just was? So I don't know that that's, I think that for a while, until you realize it's doing it. My mother would sometimes, if there was like some schmutz on my face, my mother would reach into her purse, grab a Kleenex. Who knows its freshness, whether, because it doesn't come out of the, it's already out of the case. So who knows where it's been? And then she'd take it, and then she would lick it, use her saliva as a sort of a human 409 or whatever, and then she'd wipe wipe it off my face, and I was, I was disgusted. And then there's a horrible. I am well past that now that I realize what's going on. No, I wonder if birds are like that. 
So you go home and go, let's go see Ma. All right, we're going to fly. So you go, I like, I want, can I puke something down you? No, no, we brought our own, we brought you a rat, Mom. All right, you don't want me to eat it and puke it into you? No, no, you eat it, it's for you. All right, you take care. How long do eagles live? I don't even know. I wish we could, I, I, I'm glad they're not pets. I'm, even pets, I'm, I feel I love my dogs, but I feel burdened by them, and I also feel like it's just a messed up. It's everything about it, our relationship. I love them, and I think they love me in a way I don't even know. We depend on one another, but um, I don't know if it's good. You know, it just seems weird. So how did we get here? And my dogs are odd. You know, they have odd, they do weird things. I'm, I don't know if their existence is meaningful. It might be to them, but if it's just based on experience even, I feel like they're not getting, they're not really doing enough. So, I mean, we have little adventures and things like that, but one of them can't get around very well. And uh, But it still likes to go out and eat any kind of scat it can find. So I try to keep it amused like that or throw things. Where'd it go? The problem solve. I do that with humans, too. Where'd it go? What? Your record that you lent me, where'd it go? I don't know, man. Do you, where, there it is. Here it is. All right. Is that, an, is that an object permanence thing? The dog can go, we'll go get it. And humans eventually know you're hiding it. Or I think if I threw my friend's record, would he run at me first or the record? You wonder about that. I always won that in an accident. You know, what would I run? Would I would I run to the other person and, and, and scream at them first? We never know our reactions. Oh, are you my priority? You are right now. I am. I am wherever I am. I think that when I get lost or my travel is interrupted, the car breaks down or the flight gets canceled, I say, I live here now. That's no problem. I know how life works. It is impermanent. My expectations... They are often wrong. When my expectations coincide with what happens, I think that I've been predictive. When they don't, I'm very confused because I think, well, wait a minute. I'm, I'm all predictive and all. Or is it just, you know, half right all the time? 50-50 chance of being right, and that's what's going on. It could be. Maybe I don't know anything that's going to happen. So when the unexpected happens to me, I say, well, hey, here we are. And the impermanence of things, that's been driven home to me uh, more than a dog that keeps running away. And I was like, gosh, here's that, here's that dog again. I thought I, I thought I sent it on its way, but it's back. And there it is, you beautiful thing, you, you the, the impermanence. And I've learned to love this dog, this Mononoaware dog or whatever it is. I love it. I love its uh, its its brokenness. I love its temporary nature now. Now I get it, and I don't try to send this dog away anymore. I sit with the things, uh, anything, whatever comes by. I don't, I don't care. I don't care who sits next to me now. I can't control it. I should never have cared. I could never have controlled it. I'm glad it's you, though. Oh. I'd whittle with you, but I feel like it's a liability and a hazard. 
So let's not do that. You might cut yourself. We don't need to whittle. There's already so many sp spoons. You should be able to check a list and say, are there enough spoons in the world? Yes, don't make any more. Houses, everything. You should check before you make it. It's like a band name. So we're going to call ourselves Cosmic Principles. Well, you better Google it first because there's probably a dozen Cosmic Principles. You know, don't make another one. Don't make another spoon. Don't make another uh, phone. I think, you know, and we should just, there's a limit on how many you, should, you have. Now, that's where, that's where you say, well, tulip mania. That's the great thing about tulips is they break down, you know. But these spoons, and some of them, once, you got to remember this too. If it lasts to 100 years, it becomes sentient and animated. Yes. Oh, household items, when they reach that century mark, they become a yokai. Everyone knows this. I've had uh, old tools jump off the wall at me like that, saying, I'm your grandfather's hammer. And I've had it. So uh, I try to get rid of them before that. That's what flea markets are for. See, this tool is getting ready to come alive, and I need to pawn it off on somebody. Let it be, let it be your problem over there. Lady selling religious pamphlets. I might just toss it in her box of rusty stuff. She wouldn't even notice that I don't. I wouldn't do that to another human. Once you have noticed something, you can't unnotice it. Um, for good or bad, you can't pretend that you don't see your neighbor's lost sweater. Say, dang it. I feel that way when I get the misdelivery. I go, Dang you, Bible. Now I got to walk out of walk out across the street, don't I? I can't pretend I didn't just, can't I just throw it in the bush or something? No. This is your neighbor's uh, half a case of moisturizer. Bring it over there. You are commanded to do so. That's what a mitzvah is. It's not a good deed. It's a commandment. You have to do it. You say, oh, that's not, it's a mitzvah to bring that to per, that. No, you got to. And it's not like pun the punishment from, uh, you say, well, the Lord will punish you. Let's just say, let's take that off the table altogether for a minute. And say that if you're thinking about these things, you're thinking about right and wrong and morality. So you're not, let's say you're not also, you're not a psychopath because you're actually considering this. So take away God, and take away that, and leave you as just a person walking around with a conscience. And then you see the idea that if you ignore things uh, to try to get out of tough uh, decisions or actions, that they don't go away. There is a sort of punishment, or at least there's consequences internally as you try to figure things out. So I'm just saying, if your brain works that way, you might consider these uh, tips and that's how I see them. I see a lot of them. I say, is this, can it help me? Let's say I'm not, it's not a literal thing. Can it help me? And I don't know that if it's a sin, to, oh, it's a sin to benefit from the Bible without having paying dues at one of the state-sanctioned denominations. And I say, well, heck, I don't know what to tell you. But I do think that the commandment that, you know, if you notice something, you really got to do. 
first of all, it, it ends up not being bad. I walk over there, and is it a hassle? Yes, but I feel like, oh, good. You know, maybe I'm also, you know, modeling. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? I'm compelled to do it regardless. So I think commanded, compelled are the same thing if you're aiming to be caring. Now, how do I care for all my fellow man? I don't know exactly. I try to care for the ones I bump into more or less physically, and yourself. And then I hope it, I hope it, it's like, uh, if I want, if I want peace for Kevin Bacon, I probably only, I probably can provide peace and love to the person I'm in the movie with or next to my neighbor. And, We'll get to Kevin Bacon in just a few moves. And that's the that's the beauty. And uh, I feel I want to do that. Not specific. doesn't have to be Kevin. Hey, Kevin. <clears throat> I was in a student film with, and his name's going to come to me, Ed Tomajan. I was in a student film with Ed Tomajan, and he uh, was a, a, a Kazan-era um, guy who I believe was in On the Waterfront inadvertently because he would read lines to like Brando or something. But anyway, I was in this like amateur movie with him, which... Put me in the Kevin Bacon game, I think, right? I mean, technically. So that's exciting. And then I was like, oh, I can trace it. I can get to, I can get to him quickly. Now, think about this. Let's say I pass on something to you, some love or something. I, something I touch your heart. You say, oh, there's another confused uh, simpleton like myself, uh, loving uh, imperfect person who's who's telling me I'm okay and I feel that uh, and I can pass it on. Here's my, I don't have much wisdom and there's very little that I say that other people don't say, especially Hallmark cards. You could go to, just go to your local stationery store, stand there at a rack and, and you can get all the human wisdom that I passed to you in the last 10 years. But with the exception of some strange advice, which, all, which may seem counterintuitive and which is hard to do, and I'll just say this once and then I'll move on and I'll tell you it's something that's changed my life. And that is that once you get as a sort of uh, peace with yourself, sort of assume other people like you. Now, you don't even have to like them for this to be the case, and you don't have to do it in an arrogant way. It just gives uh, an opening for that as an eventual possibility. Otherwise, you close the door to it. I know that sounds strange. But if, if I doubt that people like me, 
And often, you know, people do that too much. Say, oh, I don't think others like me. And you give, I used to do that, and I'd give off a terrible vibe of arrogance almost. And say, oh, you know, my, my shyness was not working. I was so afraid of being judged. And I thought, well, what am I, what is that saying about my opinion of others and everything? So I've got to, I, maybe I got to cope with this because I love people. I'm just scared of them. And how do I get over being scared of them? I know I've felt this way since I was a little a little child. You know, I love all these people. I'm terrified. And and I didn't know. So, and as a child, what I found worked was just so you assume they like you. This is not the case all the time. But it, it, got, it, it, it leaves them, and if you do it in an informed way and say, well, it might not be the case, but it, it might in the future. I've totally had people uh, meet me, misunderstand me for a while, and then uh, then they end up liking me. Now, if I had uh, kind of written them off, that wouldn't happen. So it doesn't cost me anything to think, that I hate you. Well, go ahead. That's all right. I think you like me. You just don't know you like me yet. No, I'm pretty sure I hate you. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. No, I don't think you do. I think, I think uh, I'm just going to assume you like me. And I do that when I meet people. I go, why wouldn't they like me? I haven't done anything to them. You know, if they don't like me because of my hat, oh gosh, I don't really take that personally. That's nothing I did. I base everything on long term. Was I a good neighbor? Did I do something to you? Did I not show up? So that kind of instant dislike, I just disregard that as being not about me ever. How could it be? So it keeps me from getting a, I would get upset if, if, if we'd known each other for a long time or something and you were like, uh, I, don't, I don't think you're a loyal friend, even if I'd help you move a million times. So there you go. <laughs> I got that off my chest. No, gosh, there's nothing on my chest. There is. I, there's probably literally things on my chest, but there's nothing weighing on me right now. That also comes from forgetting. Oh, gosh, I'm probably forgetting so much I should be guilty about. That's a nice feeling. I've been set free. Can't you remember? You've forgotten some bad things you've done. Ugh. Nice, right? I'm sure that's the worst thing. That, that's bad about school, though. That's why you don't go to reunions. So you go, oh, I've forgotten some of my sins. I don't want to be reminded of them. Because I know maybe you've hurt somebody. You're still, still hurting them. But, you know, maybe you got to go face it, too. And uh, they wanted to say, oh, they'd want to know that you'd gotten over it. <laughs> Not really. I have, oh, I just wanted to tell you I've gotten over uh, being mad at myself for bullying you. I felt for so many years I hated myself for bullying you. Now I've forgiven myself. How you doing? I see that you work out a lot. Oh, our lives affect one another so much, don't they? That's why I'm scared to do things sometimes. When I learned about, one time I was, uh, I don't know whether I was having some instant oatmeal. And they used to, on the instant oatmeal, they used to have fun facts. And on the back of this one pack of instant oatmeal, uh, one of the fun facts was the entire history of uh Taoism or Taoism, it's called, it would be Tao would be the concept, but uh, the religious, when Westerners studied it, they would say and spell it Taoism, and that's okay. You can say that and sh nobody should laugh at you. 
But people say Taoism because they don't want to sound smart the same way they say um, um, Kurt Weil instead of Kurt Weil. Okay, so we're coming up on here on uh, the 30-minute uh, mark. Uh, we're giving away tickets. We're out here giving away bumper stickers. This is fantastic. Concert's coming up. We're out here giving away things, giving away cars, giving away things. Uh, love to seeing you out here live at the corner of right here and right now. And giving away, when I say cars, I don't mean literal cars or bumper stickers or tickets or pizza or pizza. I had a friend leave my house at a sleepover because he thought my grandmother was going to serve him peas in a pie instead of pizza pie because she couldn't hit those Z's hard enough. And that, that was another mistake that she made. I think I, mu- I might have mentioned that in her, in her eulogy. I go, she's, you know, she was a lot of things. Here's a list of her mistakes I made. It was all sad day, my grandmother's funeral. For some reason, there was one of those viewings, which is not, they, you don't need to have those. It's ridiculous, first of all. And um, this one was especially bad because my grandmother's dress had been put on backwards. And um, this is some sort of indignity. It looked like symbolic. Like, what did she do that she had her dress put on back? They'll dig her up in years ago. Oh, this lady must have done something. She's got a dress on backwards. That means something. That must have meant something back then in, ni- in 1990. I don't know. But... Um, it was, it was, I, I might have said something about her, summed up her life like that. I'm, I might have pointed out that her love was loyal and enduring, and that's what made it valuable. You know, it's hard to do the hard work of being there, I think. And, and don't feel bad if you don't do it well. So, oh, I'm a terrible friend. Yes, whatever, you're probably fine. <laughs> that's our little secret. Is you're probably you're probably doing it fine. I'm not somebody who's saying, "Well, we'll just try to be better." I've never said that. You know, you know. Oh, good. Like figure out what's bad at and I say this: you're probably setting the bar too high, just generally for everything. And that C's are fine. I I don't like the way we grade things. I don't like our better, best, all that nonsense. This A, B, C, D, everything, because when then they tell you what they are. It's ridiculous what they think they mean. So, C, they mean average. They go, well, no, it's not. That's, C means, in, in, uh, in reality, close to failure. Um, barely functional. Somebody's, you know, that, that kind of thing. And A's are supposed to, are excellent. Like, you don't get many A's. Like, oh, that's the cream of the crop right there. Like, some sometimes, every once in a while, you get a hole-in-one. So I was going, no, you got to get a hole-in-one every hole. I can't do it. I couldn't do it in school, you know, and because uh, my attention is short. I used to want to make movies. I used to like to make movies. And, and a lot of times schools would have cameras and, and, and they would have 
um, uh, film cameras, and they a lot of times the film cameras would not be electric. They'd be wind up. So you have to wind it up, which means that it, it only goes for so long every shot. So you wind this up, and it winds down again. So that's my attention span. So I would be able to be in class, and I'm going, okay, we're good. One minute, two, 90 seconds, done. Now I know how to learn like that, but it took me years and it took me years and years and years. My brain goes off on tangents. If you put it, if you start talking about something, and you'll see this on the on the comment board. So if I start talking about something and I say blah 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 blah, um, Clark Clark Bar, or something like that, or name a candy bar, Squirrel Nut Zipper. Now I'm teaching about something else. Let's say I'm, you know, it's a bigger lesson, or we're listing a bunch of things that are. You might hear that, and all of a sudden, you're thinking a lot of other thoughts. That's actually a good thing. It's That's not really what you'd say is distraction so much. Now, um, it, it doesn't always help. It's a great thing. if You, you can learn to control it a bit and, and, and aim your concentration and disregard certain, you know, don't, don't open that door, stay with the tour guide, that kind of thing. I've learned to do that. We're on a tour. Just focus on the tour guide. I know he was pointing to that area over there, and I could sit and stare at that particular painting for a day and a half, but we're just going to think about it later, and I'm going to move on. I've had to do that, too. So all sorts of things. But uh, uh, is that average? And, you know, you, you might be ex- expecting too much of everything of yourself. You know, and it doesn't make you a, a moral degenerate to to destroy to not destroy yourself with some sort of uh, expectations created on the outside by who knows who. I don't even know. Sometimes, did you ever try? I'll trace the origin of of some of my values straight to television, and it's astounding. You know, oh. I don't know, was that from church or my mom or something? I go, no, it's not. It's from the Brady Bunch or something. And you're horrified. And you go, well, I don't want Shorter Schwartz in my head necessarily. Not that I'm sure he's a fine fellow. I don't know him. He's not there. He's not my neighbor. He's not there showing up every day. He's not, he's not the one wiping my butt. Now, Sherwood Schwartz wiped butts. His own children, right? But not, you know, that's good. And maybe we are connected somehow. I think that about the radio. They go, oh, people find, people talking on a train and blah, blah, blah. And all my name will come a Hardy White. You know Hardy White? Yes, Hardy White. I don't think, I don't know that that's ever, ever happened. No, that's not true. A, a listener told me they were getting a sandwich or something and my name came up and then a stranger and they both knew who I was. But I don't know that that's, that seems like the time it happened, and they immediately wrote me to tell me. Uh, but that's okay. I mean, I, I, here, here's an example of that. My grandfather spent some time in Youngstown when he was a young man. 
He's probably about 14, I think, when he lived there. And uh, he was uh, retired in Florida, minding his own business. And he had the bug man come, the spray man come. They used to spray your house with so much poison. If it didn't smell like raid, then you knew you weren't doing a good job. But in Florida, you know, people are like, there's bugs in my house. Of course, of course there are. It's Florida. But, you know, I don't want to, I'm from, I'm from New Jersey. It's not, we don't have as many bugs. You go, well, you know, now you're in the swamp. So the guy came in, and they got to talking, and this guy says, yes, I'm from Youngstown. And my grandfather says, oh, how about that? And uh, they got to talking, and and this fellow says, yes, do you know Bonesetter Reese? He said, yes, I know Bonesetter Reese. And they start talking about Bonesetter Reese. They both knew Bonesetter Reese. So there you go. And that's just like the thing. Maybe Hardy, maybe Hardy White can do that. You see, so, oh, I know. I've listened to him. The only thing is I'm a little bit like, uh, you know, the different perspectives. An elephant's flat like a pancake, and it's round like a, an elephant is round like an elephant foot umbrella stand. No, an uh, elephant is rope-like, like an elephant tail rope. No, an elephant... It's like an elephant snout. I don't know how the story goes. And then the elephant drank the ocean, and the little child walked out to collect treasures. But the elephant couldn't hold all the water of the ocean anymore and let it go. And something else. These are all things I learned in school. Or sometimes, sometimes Sunday school had secular books. I don't know why, just sitting around there in case, I guess, secular children came by. We're on a tour. All churches do that no matter what. No matter what. If you're in a Reformed Jewish congregation, at some point the Presbyterian minister is going to come over to give a talk. This is hello. You know, we, we, all should, we all should know one another. Like that. That happens a lot. And we're all, aren't we all, but people, some with horns, some without. Like that, and he's good, you know. And then the opposite: the rabbi will go to the the Presbyterian church and tell jokes for twenty minutes. So I like that, and that that happens all all the time. And you and we, we joke about it, but it's not necessarily a bad thing, you know. Being with people, seeing people, having people in your life, caring about individuals, and knowing their name really is important. It's really hard. I know some people can be cruel to it a person they know into their face but it's it, it should be somewhat hard harder you, you know and you, we we know that from the movies that individual relationships individual caring about people does go a long way and uh, it it transcends all images you know we get inured at the images i think you know i tell you what i can't sometimes if you're a sensitive person it's difficult to watch emergency medical shows. I just spent six hours in the emergency room. My, my, my mother went to the hospital in an ambulance, and she's all right, thank you. But it was scary there for a while, and I was, you know, all night long from at 3 a.m. to 10 a.m. in there in the emergency room. And, uh, woo, you know, that's, that's it. 
That's and that's oh gosh, that's just being alive. And it didn't uh it didn't feel like I'm I'm not trying to get any it it wasn't hard to just be there. You know, I mean there's hard parts of it, but um you know, nothing can really be interrupted. I thought if this was going to happen anyway, it's not interrupting anything because this is what was going to happen. So now I'm here and I try to be present. But as a as a lazy person, that's that's difficult. I got to fight that or break out of that, you know, because I think once seated, I'm hard to unseat. I'd be a great king that way. They just you couldn't physically get me out of the throne. Oh, come on, no, I don't know. That's what you know. If you really wanted to, somebody oh, go to Tallahassee and get a local. And then, you know, put them in a chair and you'll never get them. They'll never move. And you say, oh, there's this, my band's playing next door. Nah, I don't know. Come on. No, I don't know. I'm in for the night. That kind of stuff. (laughs) I love my fans. I mean, it's a joke. It's It's a joke that we joke on ourselves in small towns sometimes. But here's the reality. Uh, I'm, no one has any obligation ever to come see me perform in a small town. Bless you. It's all probably for me. It's mostly vanity anyway. I know you could get better with a record player. Now, I know there's better performers than all. I'm just doing this because mostly if I perform music out, it's because I'm. It's a fantasy camp kind of thing. It's like I'm in a band. That's how I feel. But amateur stuff that means for the love of it. I'm a archer. It's Latin. And it means that you love the thing. Uh, profession, fashion means like what it sounds like. What it sounds like you're for it's you're doing it for fashion. You know, maybe you also love it, but you're getting fashed more than you're getting loved a lot of times. And so, you know, if you do something just to do it, also, you know, the burden of perfection is off too. Because you can just do it. When you get together with friends to make music and can be as transcendent as listening to a professional uh, do wonderful music, is this not true? And yet it can be, uh, you know, kind of crude. But that's not the point. The point's the showing up point. That long duration love of being there like WFMU is there for you. Oh, my goodness. This radio station is like that, t- too. I-, I really feel that way. It's the, uh, it-, it makes no demands of, you know, I'm a shy person. And it is just once I could order things to come to my door without having to talk to anybody, that really helped. Now I can do it. Now I'm older and I'm like, how you doing? Let me get it. I'll tell you what I want. But before, you know, that I could just do things sort of anonymously. Radio has always been that way. But it didn't. That radio receiver, especially when it was a small transistor and it was under the covers with me, it didn't know where it was. It was saying the same thing to me as it was saying to a cab driver in the city. Oh, I used to love that idea. It's like, I'm in my bed. And, and you're in your cab. But I can imagine that I'm in a cab now because we're listening to the same thing. No. Now, some of you are. Some of you are driving through the city right now listening to the sound of Hardy White's voice. Others, 
others may be under their covers. Some of you might be under a blanket driving. As long as it's not obscuring your vision, there's nothing wrong with that. You can bundle up and whatever you want. Anything can be clothes. But I would wear them now. It's still chilly. I'm not offended by any way you want to dress or not dress, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm, I'm very good at minding my own business. Mainly because I don't, I don't know. Unless you were wearing sort of a tunic that had pictures of me and then some slur stamped across my face. Then I might have an opinion of your clothing. Other than that, I don't know. Um, but I would never say to you, oh, uh, uh, a male over 40 in shorts, I'm going to be sick. I'm not going to be sick. I'm going to be sick like, oh, violence and injustice against children and, and a pork pie hat. Oh, no. See, just the, just the violence and justice, not the hat. So, for me, uh, to be uh, to be tolerant is not to ignore things, but to to be open, you know, just to say, uh, "Oh, I love you." Here's what I don't understand, and that's what I usually not. Here's what I believe. Here's what I think, and I understand, and, and here's what I don't understand, and here's where I am now, <laughs> so that I'm not lying to myself or others. I make some sort of statement like, you shouldn't do that. I don't. It's hard for me to do that knowing what I know. And what do I know? I know what I don't know. And so, therefore, it's very difficult. But it's just easier for me than trying to give you high-impact, short-duration advice to just be there every, I'm going to say it, dang week. For 10 years. Some of you more. When I was on in Florida. So someone said. Oh I've been listening to you 20 years. How about that. Oh my goodness. 20 years together. If you were 15. You're now. 20. 2015. 2035. If you were 35. If you were 50 when you started listening to me, you are now 65. It doesn't seem like there's any difference there. That's a, that just seems the same. You're the same, probably the same person. I don't know. If you listen to me in, uh, in utero, you are now uh, old enough to study me in college where they don't, they won't, don't, you're not going to find anything. I went all through our, Norton Anthology of Silly Radio Personalities, and you weren't there. I know. It's a disgrace. The only canon I'm in is the one at the circus that that shoots out clowns. I'm in that one. Uh, or sometimes it shoots out Dom DeLuise if it's uh, Cannonball Run. Is it Cannonball Run or Smoking the Bandit? Smoking the Bandit, Cannonball Run, which is the one with Pat McCormick, and then there's in the circus. And then, I don't know. I'll be back in a minute. I'm going to go to the 70s. I was watching something the other day, and I knew it was funny because it had a bassoon in it. 
And that's how you know there's going to be, because bassoon sounds like buffoon. Therefore, the bassoon is the musical buffoon. And that's always, that's how you remember it in, because um, just go listen to anything in the, right now, go listen to, uh, go watch Adam's Family. Or go watch uh, Gilligan's Island. I mean, the first time I actually went to a symphony, I was like, what is that? What is that? Is this supposed to be funny? No, no, it's not. But they're using the funny instrument. No. Now they're using the snake charmer instrument. They all have something. Carnival of the Instruments. They all have a thing that they identify when you hear it. The clar- when we hear the clarinet, we think, what? Jazz. The early, the early crazy kind of jazz. Right? The early kind of jazz that had uh, crazy Oob Iwerks cartoons coming at you going, woo! That, that kind of jazz. You think that. Flute? Flute, you think like uh, 60s. Yeah. Like, you, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, maybe have, let's have some coffee. Early 60s. That's what I get the, when I hear the flute. Um, cello. What do I think when I hear the cello? I just get, I don't know, I just get sad. I just get, oh, I'm sure they've written some happy cello music. But I, may, I just feel melancholy sometimes. It just sounds like a person going, oh, oh. Oh, oh, I was at a party with a um, the fella who's a the violinist in the symphony. Here, the cha- uh, what do you call it? First chair, high chair, <laughs> high chair. And that they did that one time. They put him in a big high chair with a little tray. He could set his violin down on the tray and have some have some junket when he wasn't playing. No, a first chair or something or a leader of the head. I don't know what he is concert master I think he's the concert master and he told I'm not going to tell any of the uh, the viola jokes but I was thinking how about that and I was like I don't know I mean I said have you heard drummer jokes and we sat there we had some fun for a while I go I come from garage bands and so we have drummer jokes but you have viola that's fun and we and we sat there and we smugly uh, mocked other musicians, who uh, all of whom were better than us, I'm sure. Not this fella. Oh, me, though. I do things for the love of things. I speak on the radio for the love of it. I talk to you for the love of it. I create for the love of it. That's why there seems to be no rhyme or reason. What is the point of this whole show? How'd you even get on? I'll tell you how I got on. I got on because I'm a marathon radioer. You can hear it in my voice. You can hear it. You know that I'm trying for a deeper connection over time. I'm doing something. I want to come in and live there in your mind palace. No, not live there. I'd never live there for free. No, 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 no. I'm willing to be a groundskeeper there at your mind palace. I don't want to go inside. I want to see your things. I, I want to take care of the outside. The outside of your mind palace. I mean, there's some grounds. I don't know if you know this. And so all those things around it, I want to try to take care of for you. I want to... I want to be there when, when, when it, only the outside can help you. When only a beautiful, temporary, beautiful thing like a tulip or a hand reached out from a friend. 
an imperfect friend, a silly old friend, some old man that's a neighbor or something when you're down. So all your, all your cool, beautiful friends won't come over. And then you notice um, Mr. White's there sh- shuffling off back with his uh, Kung Pao. So I got some Kung Pao. I'm going back apartment to eat it. And you go, you know, hey, Mr. White, you going to eat that alone? And you go, no, I probably have a beer. And you go, no, I mean, you'll be, uh, you know, by yourself. And you go, yeah, I guess that's going to be by myself. I might talk to myself in other voices. That's not healthy. I know, but I probably still do it. And then you say, well, why don't you just come over? And, and you know, you're my absolute last choice. But why don't you come over and have some, and we'll be together. You know, that's better than, maybe that's better than being alone. And I, I realize now maybe if I just lower the bar to people who are not, just not going to kill me. I used to include people who are going to say, well, what about people who bore you to death? I don't know. It's not such a bad way to die. I'll go with that. Um, yeah, and, and now I, I know how to. I know how to be with people. I think too. I know how to same. I I know how to be honest without being hurtful. I, I know you know uh, how to not project my own insecurities. I think I'm getting there. I'm learning all these things. I get tips. Like I say, a lot of times they're on the back of a. A packet of, um, you know, oatmeal might be where you read it. All of Taoism. All of the idea that these things can affect other things. It's about movements. What if I disrupt something? Said the oatmeal packet. But the oatmeal packet also said, although this is not yellow millet, uh, look up yellow millet dream. And understand that too, except get a different point from it. I like using traditional stories, but then changing the moral. Just adjusting it, you know. Making it, customizing it. Making it more for, like if you were getting a car from another country, you'd want the steering wheel to be on the right side or the left side, depending on what was the custom in your country. And I feel like that for stories. I might have to take your story, oh, other culture, and just absolutely flip it around and make it opposite. But thank you. I'll return it. It's not even the same thing. Can you imagine that? I wonder if that you take a photo negative. Is that is that considered copyright infringement? It's look, it's a totally different thing. Maybe, maybe not. I don't want to get into that. Why? Because I lost my train of thought, and I don't remember what we were really speaking about. And I do that on purpose. Why? Well, some things aren't worth storing. Look, you don't have to save everything. Let's say you come over and we do some crafts and we make all these elaborate uh, buildings out of cardboard and everything. We don't have to preserve them. It was the experience. Throw it away. We'll build something else out of something else. You know, we don't have to hang on to it and make it precious. That the, the good stuff is inside of us and we take it everywhere we go. The things that I've inherited from my grandmother, for instance, was not her car, which she gave to her son, my uncle, but the idea of tenacious love, of loyal love, of being there and uh, making room for you always. 
That's what she taught me. So I can always bring that. I bring that around. And that's so great. I can put that anywhere. And my expectation of having it in her, it doesn't have to be in her. It can be in anybody. Oh, I love being with you. And yeah, I know you're there. Come on, think about it. You know I feel. I feel you. You know I sense your, your presence. How could I not? Because when you speak like this or these things, they are things that only make sense in the context of other people. So you know, I really am thinking about you. You know that if you were here with me, I'd be saying the same thing. I wouldn't change my opinion. And hopefully you'd be nodding your head and smiling. And then after the performance, we eat the leftover popcorn. Listen. I would love you to pledge your money. That's what we're doing now is we're, we're having to, uh, th- this, this thing needs you. And if you love me and you love uh, of this, it's a long term. It's not always satisfying. And uh, the ad pitches are not always um, perfect. I can't find a perfect way to say these things, that this station's valuable to you, that it's valuable to your very soul and the souls of others. And they could change the world with things like that. I'd love to say it in such a way that's so impactful and dramatic that everything happens and boom, everything's paid for it. But that isn't the way. I'll move you maybe a little bit. I'll $5, $10 move you. And we just do that. We dig out of that prison camp a spoonful at a time. Every one of us bringing what we can to the situation. All our special idiosyncratic variations. That's what we bring to it. Oh, my friend, we need every single one of you. Everybody can help. I'll tell you why. I know you say, oh, don't tell them that they can help without even giving money. If you don't have any to give, don't give any. Uh, uh, here's, here's priority. Eat. Have shelter. Yes, do that first. But then, uh, it's and maybe instead of buying one of the hats where you can put beer in it and then sip on the beer that's in your hat, perpetuate uh, these uh, the idea of um, uh, variation, of, of exposing people to all sorts of ways of feeling. It transcends thinking. It's turning people on to different ways of feeling, of experiences. That's different from thinking. That's being. You want somebody to be in something different, oh, then support this beautiful thing. Say, you go online. I know I'm supposed to say that it's WFMU.org and everything. Just, I, I can't remember all the other information. They tell me every year, and I think they think I'm being... It's the concentration thing. I'd be doing another job. Let me tell you if I could if I could do it. But you are listening to Miracle Nutrition on W with Hardy White on WFMU East Orange, WMFU, Mount Hope, 91.9 in Rockland County and New York City, New York, and online at WFMU.org. Thank you so much, my friends, and I'll see you again next week.